Okay, we're back, and this will be the second uh, section, the second uh, section of learning module three. And this is under the section of organizational risks associated with employing security personnel. So organizations have risk when they employ, obviously, security officers. And we just finished in the first section discussing vicarious liability, uh, which is one of the risks. And now we're going to move on to... Um, another risk, which is the use of excessive force or the use of inappropriate force. And force that is disproportional to an individual's degree of resistance may be considered excessive. On the other hand, inappropriate force is using a type of force, an example would be a closed fist punch to the face, that's not justified for a particular set of circumstances. And then there's failure to act. Professional security officers should be required to intervene to protect people and under exigent circumstances to protect property. However, some employees limit when a security officer could or should intervene and personnel need to know their limitations, the organization's limitations. But even if a security officer is prohibited by the policy from intervening, it doesn't mean that the officer nor the organization is not liable for the injuries to a third party. Next, we have failure to train or failure to maintain training. And I, I put this under the heading of perishable skills. Employers are required to train their employees and to make sure they maintain the required skills necessary to successfully perform their job duties. Even if your employer fails to pay or provide training, professional security officers should take full responsibility and stay up to date on their training, uh, even, if, even if they have to pay for them. That's what they should do. And this obviously is an area near and dear to my heart because, of course, Gold Star Training uh, we have been involved in training security officers for going on 14 years now. And so my association with uh, PSOST as the executive director, we're still involved in training security officers and have clients that we train their personnel. And so oftentimes finances or budgets within organizations are limited uh, for training. And so the organization may have very limited funds to provide training for personnel. But I, but I would argue as a professional security officer that you, you should take full responsibility for your own training even if the organization fails to provide uh, for it. Now I know that um, that may seem kind of controversial because on one hand uh, security officers would say, well, why do I have to pay to maintain my proficiencies and my competencies when I'm actually working for an organization? But I would just say that um, having been in this business uh, 40 plus years, um, the more training it that you are, you can add to your resume, um, it's just going to make you not only uh, more efficient and effective at the job you're currently doing, but it also provides, it's going to help you if you decide to move on or up either within the organization to other organizations to find yourself definitely um, a lot more marketable to other organizations if you have a, a greater level of training. And so I would just encourage you to, even if you have to use your own funds, find ways to personally fund your training. Okay, next let's talk about the various responses to risk claims. So the various organizational responses to risk claims. So if someone makes a claim, how do organizations respond to that, right? So one, they terminate the employees that are involved. Um, that can happen. And in some cases, it's unfortunate. 
And uh, I've seen this happen before where um, there's been some allegation and a claim made. Um, oftentimes it involves excessive force or use of force. And the organization just decides it's, it's quite simple just to terminate the employee. And from the, um, from the, risk, manager, from the risk manager's perspective, uh, it makes it uh, much easier to then uh, defend against the claim by saying that we took the appropriate action and we, um, we discharged the person or people that were involved and they failed to follow policy or we made some policy adjustments and sometimes that's what happens. Again, this stuff is kind of outside of your control as a professional security officer. Your job is to be ethical, be moral, follow the policies and procedures and provide high levels of protection for yourself and others and that's all that you can really be in control of and be responsible for. Uh, the actions of an unethical organization, you have really no control over that. Next, uh, terminating the entire department. I've seen this happen before too. Uh, a large claim, again, we're talking about usually use of force issues, maybe severe injuries or death, and the organization decides that the risk is too great and they terminate the entire department. Maybe they outsource to a contract security department or they just increase the number of employees and then they become kind of de facto eyes and ears uh, of uh, for safety and security. And that can happen too. Again, a lot of these things are outside of your control. If you work for an ethical uh, organization, these things aren't going to happen, but uh, they could happen. Uh, changing policies. Oftentimes in response to claims, policies are changed. In some cases, it's smart, it's right, it's good. Either a policy was vague or there was no policy or the people just consistently were acting outside of the policy and so it makes sense to change the policy. And in some cases, uh, it may be an unethical choice to change a policy. But again, um, most of these things we're going to talk about in regards to responses are uh, with, outside of your, uh, your ability to control or change. But in some cases, I've seen some bad behavior by security officers. Then consultants came in, suggested some really good ideas about how to make things better. And oftentimes it's a policy change. And the policy is very, uh, it's a good policy. It's a good change. And it makes everybody's life easier, provides higher level protections, and also creates uh, better legal protection for the organization. So sometimes changing policies is good. Paying claims before litigation. So in some cases, if there's a claim, the organization, uh, again, whether the security officer in this case was right or wrong, security officer could be 100% right, follow policy, not be outside of policy, be ethical and moral, but the organization decides they still need to pay be before even litigation is possible because it's just um, it's a, it's a cost-saving mechanism for the organization. So if they go to, um, to a court, then they may open themselves up to a much larger settlement or claim or, or outcome. And so if they have to pay a few thousand dollars or less uh, and just to avoid litigation, it may make financial sense. Or litigation is occurring and they decide to settle during litigation because they don't want to take the chance that if they wait and they, they stand firm on their perspective that they, they're not liable, that there's a chance that they can... Uh, be liable, and so they may settle during litigation. And then in some cases, uh, they'll challenge the claim and end up losing and then pay after the litigation. And as you can imagine, 
In some cases, it could be substantial. And in other cases, it's not. And each organization has to decide their ethical, moral stance. Um, there's, always a, uh, there's always a sense that they count the costs financially. So even if the security officer's behavior and activities were legal and ethical within policy, and that, that security officer maintains their employment and continues to be gainfully employed, the organization may still decide that uh, without admitting fault that it makes sense to pay a claim because the dollar amount for uh, paying that claim is substantially lower than um, having it go to litigation and having it go to a court. And so um, oftentimes, I've seen this happen before, where the security officer was drawn into a lawsuit, security officer acted ethical, legal, didn't violate policy, and the organization actually backed the officer, and they maintained gainful employment, uh, and the organization then, quote, folded, and then paid out the claimant, um, even though the organization really didn't do anything wrong, and neither did the security officer. And so... Oftentimes that happens because it just is the best financial, it makes the most financial sense. And sometimes that's really frustrating, especially um, when you're doing the right thing and someone makes an allegation that you did something wrong. Okay, so that is the uh, end of this learning module three. And congratulations, you did a great job getting here. So next you'll take the learning module three exam.